how old was I? I was 24 when I started teaching. I did not know that at 24. I, uh, I actually, I was not a, like a big high school athlete. Um, I started, you know, a totally separate conversation. In, in 83, I started running regularly. And that, that probably almost as much as teaching entirely changed my life, uh, my focus on fitness. But when I, uh, I started coaching cross country and girls track in the mid 80s, kind of those other jobs went away and I started coaching that. And my, I, you know, I coached girls cross country. I was the first official girls cross country coach at Lincoln. Coached till 2004. And that was probably the single most important thing I've done in education. Yeah, so, um, you know, not an atypical uh, 70s story. I graduated from high school in 73, went to college, and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Um, so, uh, like, like a lot of us that have become teachers, we, we probably had some inspirational people in school. We liked school. I liked high school a lot. Uh, I had some great teachers. I wasn't the world's best student, um, but I loved school. I was a student council president, or you know, class president for senior class. And, um, I liked the concept of school. I liked the adults in the school. That was a lot of fun. Well, it's, so it's, I think anybody, and, and probably I think the older you are, the more this applies. So I think, you know, we're kind of all a sum total of everything we've done. But when we bump in each other's lives, no, we don't really know what that is. So you said you're from New York. I could spend hours just asking you. I'm not from New York. I'm from Berkeley, Michigan, 45 minutes northeast of here. But I, I love finding out about people's stories. So um, it's just, it's interesting that, like, I will tell people that, did you know that I taught 25 years at a Lincoln Schools? And people go, like, what? I, haven't you always been here? No. But we don't know that because we, 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 our, our, our lives crisscross, our paths cross, and all we know is, is what we know about that person at that time. And so, have they always, like, have you always been a principal? No, but it feels like I've been a principal a long time, but I was a teacher longer. This is Kit Moran, principal at Dexter High School, and you are listening to the Iron Bread Podcast. Come here, baby. Here we are, and we're back live to record on your Iron Dread Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. Uh, we are back this week with a vengeance. It's been a few weeks since you've heard from us. Our last episode, episode 61, with Coach Bill Ivan, the Ten Commandments of Offensive Line Play. Got a lot of good reviews and a lot of listens. Thank you for supporting that. This week is episode 62. And this week we have special guest, Dexter High School principal, Mr. Kit Moran, in to talk with us. It was a great Great conversation with Kit. Uh, so many, so many little gems dropped as we went throughout uh, a you know, hour plus long conversation. You know, Kit's been in education 42 years um, and has done it all. And he has uh, a lot of wisdom to share, not only for people in the education field, uh, but for people in life. It was uh, it was a great conversation. Really enjoyed uh, talking with Kit, and we'll get to that in a moment. 
Uh, since we were last together, it is official. We have an official, another official sponsor of the Iron Dread Podcast. And it, of course, you've heard it. If you've listened to the show, you know we've been trying to get Pit Boss Grills on board and become a supporter of the show. And we are now officially partners with Pit Boss Grills. We also have a new website where you can check out here for the podcast, irondreadpodcast.weebly.com. And if you go to irondreadpodcast.weebly.com slash pitboss-grills, you can see all the different promotions that we have available for you as a supporter of the podcast. Pit Boss is offering a bunch of great deals on their items ranging from up to $100 off on any grill purchase, 25% off all cast iron cookware. If you need to get you a Pit Boss 700 Pro Series, you can save $160 on that and many, many more great deals. Just go again to irondreadpodcast.weebly.com slash pitboss dash grills and check out the website uh, click the link you can go right to pit boss and order anything uh, you need for your outdoor cooking and grilling and it will support us here on the podcast folks we're also looking for more guests to be on the show i want to keep the keep the podcast going so if you got a good story uh, you can reach out to me at irondreadpodcast.weebly.com or send me an email at whitakerc at dexterschools.org or check us out on social media. You know, you can find us at Iron Dread Pod. We are all over the internet, folks. Uh, you can find a way to track down the show and make contact with us. So that's really all I have. Not much to update you on here we we've it's been crazy we've been rocking and rolling getting kids in the weight room um doing all kinds of, of different things here as we get closer and closer to the end of the spring 2021 semester um so we're, we're just getting after it we're having some fun uh, again this one here is episode 62 with mr kit moran hope you enjoy it Here we are, and we're back live to record on your Iron Dread podcast. Sitting here chatting it up with a man, uh, one, one of one of three men that I, I credit with giving me an opportunity to work at this great place here at Dexter High School. That is our principal, Mr. Kit Moran. Kit, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. Uh, you know, glad to have Kit in. Um, you know, he's been principal here at Dexter High School since July of 2006. Uh, that's 15 years he's been uh, steering the ship, quite literally, here of the Dreadnought uh, Empire. Um, Kit's been in education for a long time. He started in 1979, is that correct? That is correct, yeah. in the 70s. In the 70s. I won't tell you where I was in 1979. <laughs> if you were alive, you're ahead of a lot of people. So. Uh, well, he started, he's got 42 years in education, and at the, uh, at the end of this year, Kit's going to be leaving us, so we had to get him, get him in before he left us here to talk on the show. Awesome. So uh, glad, glad to have, have you here, and 
you know, whenever we, we start, we always kind of start about, you know, how do people get to where they are? You know, how did, how did, how did you get to where you are? So let, let's start with like, you know, in 1979, when you started teaching, like what, where do, how do we get involved in education? Yeah. So, um, you know, not an atypical uh, 70s story. I graduated from high school in 73, went to college, and I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. Um, so, uh, like, like a lot of us that have become teachers, we, we probably had some inspirational people in school. We liked school. I liked high school a lot. Um, I had some great teachers. I wasn't the world's best student, um, but I loved school. I was a student council president or, you know, class president for senior class, and um, I liked the concept of school. I liked the adults in the school. That was a lot of fun. So, you know, I went away to college because that's what you did. And um, I kind of fell into education. I wasn't quite sure. I couldn't see myself doing a real job, like going to an office. That sounded horrible and boring. I looked at all the adults at that time and my parents. I'm like, that. what is that? I like, But I like the school thing. So kind of drifted that way. I had some... Uh, fantastic, influential teachers again in college. A couple, couple of great guys, Dr. Bulger and Dr. Tavenant. One's still around, uh, still keeping contact with them from college, and that was not yesterday. So, um, so that meant a lot. There was uh, education. There was there was a there was a drive for me to to do something with that. But um, I became an English teacher. I got hired at Lincoln in 1979. I'd been looking for a job for a year and a half. Um, it was not a good time to go into education. I was about ready to change careers, even though I hadn't started mine. Um, fell into it, got it. I, I got a job. I, I hung on to it um, tightly because after the first year, I got laid off. I got rehired back a couple months later um, and then ended up uh, you know, doing 27 years as a career at, at Lincoln. Um, and it was fantastic. I majored in Majoring in history, I wanted to be a history teacher, but they hired me. And any teacher knows they hire you. You teach whatever they ask you to teach. They asked me to teach English, and um, and I loved it. So I taught English for 25 years, and um, it's fantastic. Um, when I got hired back in the 70s, they would always say, what else are you going to do? So uh, the principal says, what else are you going to do? Uh, I said, what do you need? He said, I need a freshman class advisor. I'm your freshman class advisor. What else do you need? Uh, we need a girls varsity volleyball coach title IX had just started a couple of years early girls varsity volleyball coach uh sure i sure do you play volleyball no I, but i'll figure it out um they needed a girls jv basketball coach all right i'm your man so uh kind of fell, fell into doing that right from the get-go and when we when the amount of money teachers were getting paid there my first contract was for ten thousand dollars a year so everything you did to make money was was going to be important oh yeah for sure i mean we know that and like i can i can relate to what you talk about you know with the you know the struggles early on you know uh similar when i came out into the end of the game here yeah. it was a similar environment right like i graduated from college in 2010 mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of how i wound up you know going to north carolina because sure. there was no opportunity Right. So I think uh, some some teachers, if they were blessed to come out of college at a certain time, a lot of them got hired right away. Got right into good jobs mm -hmm. uh, at good school districts that you know with people that support them, and you know others you know had to had to struggle for a while. So I, th I, I always 
whenever I, I, you know, I, I look back, I, I'm, I'm thankful for that time because mm-hmm. it makes me appreciate what we have now and the fact that I get to work at a good place, yeah. um, you know, where I do get support. So it's, it's, uh, it's something for sure that, you know, is lost on some, but isn't yeah. lost on this guy here. And I'm sure it's not <laughs> lost on you. Uh, you know, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, sometimes people want to complain about certain things of where they're at and they got to look and say, all right, well, I have a job doing something I love. Well, so back in my files uh, that I still have, I kept all of the no thank you letters I got from the school districts in the 70s mm-hmm. uh, to keep me humble. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> like, OK, there was a time when you were you were just barely hanging on. So. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's many, many, many stacks <laughs> of paper. You know, I'm sure between the between the two of us with those. So, and you you also said that you know, and, and this is another thing that I think uh, in education, a, a lot of people got to realize, like, all right, yeah, we're gonna hire you to teach English, mm-hmm. but what else can you bring to mm-hmm. the school district? Mm-hmm. Because it's as a teacher, as an educator, it's my belief that we we our reach in the classroom goes a lot further when we connect with kids on different levels outside of the classroom. 100%. When you coach volleyball, you made a connection with a kid in a different way that all of a sudden when they came into your class, now they're more, uh, you know, Coach Moran, Mr. Moran, I I, I, want to take his class and I'm going to listen to him because we have that connection from sport. And I I didn't know, like, how old was I? I was 24 when I started teaching. I did not know that at 24. I... Uh, I actually, I was not a, like a big high school athlete. Um, I started, you know, a totally separate conversation in in 83. I started running regularly and that, that probably almost as much as teaching entirely changed my life, uh, Mm -hmm. my focus on fitness. But when I, uh, I started coaching cross country and girls track in the mid eighties, kind of those other jobs went away and I started coaching that and my I, you know I coached girls cross country I was the first official girls cross country coach at Lincoln coached till 2004 and that was probably the single most important thing I've done in education I love teaching um and well being a principal probably maybe that maybe that's bigger than that they're mm-hmm. they're right up there but my relationships with kids um on the cross country field were you know, it's hard to explain the impact to this day where I have, you know, kids from all over the country and I got kids that drop in with their family. I had one stay with me a couple times in the last couple months. Her mom wasn't doing well. And so those, those, uh, those connections in coaching and then the impact you can make in coaching, the real life impact. Uh, it's amazing. It's a, like, a, it's a gift to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you. I get to go, Go do that the last year when I had to, I knew I was going to have to quit coaching in 2004. I was an assistant principal. And that whole year, every meet we went to, I knew it was the last meet. So I'd soak it up. I'd kind of physically back away a little bit, watch the kids, enjoy the team. Mm-hmm. And then we get on the bus. I'm like, okay, put a bow on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but try, trying to really appreciate that because that was just amazing. And I think, you know, those of us, a majority of us get into education for that reason, right? We had, you said it, you had influential people Mm -hmm. that inspired you. Now you get to give that to the next 
That's you know, exactly the that's the whole thing. Up. It's all yeah. it's all pay it forward. Yeah. Do do right by them, and then um, you know even it's it's interesting. I had a call from a kid who lives a couple blocks from me, um, former runner of mine, former student. She is uh, coaching middle school track at Milan, mm-hmm. so she's like coach she sends me a text and it's coach mm-hmm. coach like can, can you talk to me about what i should do here mm-hmm. um I'm like of course so that happens all the time mm-hmm. it's just uh it's just a fabulous thing it's and, a fabulous and for somebody that's had your years of experience right that pool of people that you've influenced yeah. is you know miles miles wide you know mm-hmm. so it's it's really a, a fun thing and, and i think people that you know, are in it. Obviously, we we yeah. get it. People that are outside of it, they don't understand. Like, you know, and I'm sure, right? You said it, right? You, you got your first, you know, teaching contract for about ten thousand yeah. dollars, and I'm sure you probably made little to nothing to coach those kids. Coming yeah, out of yeah, the yeah, game. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, the um, you know, the the ability to influence. You know, we this is kind of it's what we like about education. We want to. We, we, you know, it's trite, but we want to change lives. Well, we just want to have a positive impact on mm-hmm. people. And when you, when you get to do that in the classroom and coaching, um, it, I, like I, on uh, social media, found out one of my former students that ran for me. Uh, she was an English student of mine. She went off to teach English. She's retiring this year. So she's retiring Retiring i'm like wait a minute so you went you were in my class and then the the biggest uh compliment somebody can have is they go into to that profession and you know and they go well you were a great teacher and i want to go do the same thing for kids um so it doesn't get better than that it just doesn't get any better than that yeah it's it's part of it and i'm i'm still in the beginning stages here of of my my career you know i'll be i'll be 10 years in the i was Mm. 10 years in the game in in 2020 from when i graduated and yeah. started so i'm still i'm still uh you know playing the front nine here if you will <laughs> in, in my but it, it is it it it's what makes it all worth it and you know and what i love about here now is not only do i get to have those experiences but i make a, a living and can enjoy life at nice? the same time you yeah, know it's nice. uh and you know, we spent in, in north carolina right at the it was a lot like you know when it, we weren't making very much money mm-hmm. and we had to do things and maybe you had to do this when you started too like we had to drive the bus to mm-hmm. games <laughs> like to i have a cdl yeah, yeah. no i yeah. we we would what we at the time um we'd do pickup jobs for the ad mm-hmm. so i <laughs> they was like what do you want to do well for 10 bucks um i announced the football games so mm-hmm. There was no press box at Lincoln, though. It was on a dirt track, on a dirt field mm-hmm. back in the day, and it was a crow's nest. So it was a two-foot square piece of wood that was <laughs> up on a utility pole mm-hmm. with a microphone. That was it. There was a little bit of a railing around it, so you climb the ladder, stand up with the microphone, mm-hmm. and by yourself announce football. The, the scorekeeper was up in the stands by himself with the machine on his lap, and mm-hmm. that was it. So uh, that's what they needed. It's ten bucks. That's a lot of money on a Friday night for a couple hours, and you get to watch football and you get to announce it. So, yeah. Um, yeah so do whatever you got to do. Whatever do. you got to do. Whatever you got to do to get the to get the experiences. But it, the the fun thing, like I'm, I'm sure you experienced, was uh, every, that's what everybody was doing. Mm-hmm. So there was all the teachers were doing something 
somebody was doing security, somebody was taking tickets, somebody was, and that was just the social life for us at that yeah. time with school. Yeah, and it, and again, when you're there, even if you're taking the tickets, every kid that's walking yeah. through that gate is seeing for you. Sure. You're talking, you're yeah. building conversation. Yeah. It, it, you're becoming, and what happens, I think, is we get, the, the, those, of, those of us that are, are good at our jobs and mm -hmm. last a long time, I think, get embedded in the community, the mm -hmm. school community. Absolutely. Right? We know people, we know the kids, the kids grow up. Right, and then oh, we know you know so and so was in our mm -hmm. class, and they now own you know the restaurant down the mm -hmm. road, and we go to the restaurant and, and support them. Like it's just you become you become woven, I guess it was the term woven into the fabric yeah. of the community. Yeah. yeah, you know when I when I talk to people from here, I, I introduce myself as you know Chris Whitaker, the strength coach at the high school. Yeah, absolutely. And That's that makes you... a that makes a connection. Oh, yeah. you know, do you know this person? So yeah. it's. It's all about relationships. It's all about yeah. relationships, and you said that to us many times uh, in our uh, in our staff meetings and things like that. And that's been t one of the toughest things about you know recent times mm -hmm. when we've been forced into the you know the digital uh, and remote learning. It's it's been tough, and and that's one thing I can I can say about you and our administration from the beginning. You encouraged keep find a way to build the relationship with the kid. Right. Curriculum, yes, we have to get through that stuff. We have to do that stuff. But put that second to making a connection and building relationships with your kids. 100%. So I think that was, I think that was one of the biggest things. And, you know, that's kind of you know, what helped us, you know, you know, work through this. And thankfully, we're now we're, we're starting to, we're starting to, you know, to tip the front of the plane up a little I think bit. So. I think right? so. <laughs> and hopefully it doesn't dip back down again. And hopefully we, we keep, we keep I rising like, up. I like that metaphor. That yeah. is it. That is it. You know, we're pulling, we're pulling back on it. It was nose diving, and, and now we're. Give me some more power. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to push, push more and go. All right. So we talked a little bit about um, your, well, actually, before we even get in, we talked a little yeah. bit about your athletic history already. Um, let's let's look at this, right? One of the best segments of the show, I think, the one that I get the most feedback ah. on and people enjoy is our speed set questions. Okay. Okay, so when we're in the weight room, right, we're, we might be doing, you know, speed sets. It's a, a lighter weight. We're moving it fast. So yep. I always try to keep these quick, but it never happens. <laughs> We always spin off. It doesn't off. work. No, we always spin off into some conversation, and there, there are things that are just general things about kind of, kind of you, and you know, it always spurs, spurs some more conversation. All right, so are you ready? Good. All right, first one. Okay, now this is something that you know I, I, I have tried to educate all our listeners. Right, this podcast goes across eight different countries, <laughs> right? all all around the world. Right? The Iron Dread podcast has a reach. So for folks outside of our area, I have to explain the difference between go blue ah. and go green. Right, for you, a lifelong Michigander, you need no explanation. No, I don't need that. Uh, but what side do you fall on if you have to pick one or the other? Maroon and gold. Oh, that's true. You're essential. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. You, uh, Mr. Moran attended Central Michigan University. All right, shout out, uh, fire up chips. Fire up chips. All right, so he's he's gonna break the the pick. He's not gonna pick a side here. He's agnostic. Gonna go. <laughs> agnostic on the blue and the green. He's gonna go with the Central Michigan. Sticking Chippewas. with my home team. There yeah. you go. Hey, we got a couple kids up there. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we got a couple kids Proudly. up there. Um, yeah. You know, young man Mark Young up there. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to earn his way into 
uh, in the football program. Um, former guest of the show, Zach Bagby, mm-hmm. uh, is up there as well, and um, you know, involved in the ROTC. We've got a couple other kids going up there um, coming soon too. So uh, a lot of alumni uh, work here from from Central Michigan too. And uh, hey, when you go to the game, your Dexter colors work for. It's it, when I uh, when I got this job in 2006, I told my wife it was meant to be. I said all my all my CMU gear translates right over. It's perfect. Yep. You got all all the all the matching colors, it's right? Perfect. We're we're a little more maroon and white, but it's still where everybody throws gold in there. Regardless. Sure, they throw gold in there. If, You're right. If they were if if they got a maroon in their color scheme, it's either white or gold. <laughs> my my high school, Kingston High School in New York, it was the same way, and some of the old you know traditionalists of Kingston, like they. They said, you know, there's no gold. There's no gold in the in the. That sounds like that colors. sounds like Dexter. That's like, yeah. we we had that, and they would get mad mad about it if we put gold in our uniforms or put gold on the field. Get in trouble. Um, but yeah, but then there there would there would be another group that was all uh, all about it. You know, the Kingston High School Fighting Maroons. Oh, back oh, in the day. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Then they changed it to the Tigers. Ah. Uh, all right. Next one. What is your favorite movie? Ooh. Um, shoot. I love movies. Uh, short answer, anything by Mel Brooks. If you're younger, you probably don't know who Mel Brooks is, but Mel Brooks' comedies were like crazy funny in the, the 70s and in the 80s. So I like to laugh a lot. Anybody that knows me, I, I will often say life's too short not to have fun. So I like to laugh. I like to goof around. I like to joke around. Um, people are at their best when they're when they're giggling and laughing. So I like funny movies. Uh, so I, I anything would probably be a comedy. However, I am not a guy that likes to watch a movie more than once. Mm-hmm. So I do not love like there's people that will watch a movie so they can memorize all the lines. That bores me. Mm-hmm. And and also there's so many. I mean, now there's so many good movies, there's, mm-hmm. and there's so much uh, stuff to consume, you know, on Netflix or anything. like. There's so much good stuff to watch. I can't really like a, spending time watching another movie, like watching Star Wars. I mean, love Star Wars. I like like ge- that generation for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, those movies were awesome. We were li- literally in line at the f- movie theater when the second one came out, when the third mm-hmm. one came out. Um, so I love that stuff, but I don't like, like, I'll watch a movie and that'll be good and that'll be a, a movie I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, other than, you know, like Mel Brooks, I could probably recite Young Frankenstein lines. <laughs> um, I could do Caddyshack, like lots of lines from Caddyshack. Bill Murray movies you cannot miss with yep. um, at all. He's just flat out funny. So oh, yeah. that's kind of my wheelhouse for that kind of stuff. Mel Brooks, yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah. yeah. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. We we used to have a saying, you know, we were, we were living in Groundhog's Day for a while. <laughs> That's how COVID has been. <laughs> yeah, that COVID has totally totally been Groundhog Day or uh, Baby Steps is another great Bill Murray mm-hmm. reference. So uh, there's what, there's one with with Bill Murray in it, and my wife loves it, and I can't remember what it was. Like he he winds up something with a with a fish or something. I can't remember what it was. Like he somehow like. He's crazy, and he's going to his um, psychiatrist or psychologist, 
and then he winds up like at the psychiatrist's house, like in some. Oh yeah, that's that's the one with baby steps. That's so, the one. That's yeah. the reference. Yeah, it's a. I, I can't remember the name. He's up in it's up in New England, and he's yeah. basically is stalking his psychologist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's it, and Bert, Bill, it's it's hilarious. He just keeps it, showing up. He just keeps showing up. <laughs> yep. Caddyshack, Caddyshack, I love too. Yeah. You know, Rodney Dangerfield. Rodney Dangerfield. Too, right? Ponder pool. Ponder would be good for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lots, of, lots of great references. We have a kid that we, uh, on the football team, and we nicknamed him Rodney because <laughs> uh, he gets no respect. He gets no respect. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta oh, love yeah. It. All right. So mo- keeping kind of in yeah. the same vein, going from the big screen to the small screen, yeah. do you have a favorite uh, TV show? Yeah. Pr- I, like – and though I just said I probably can't watch stuff more than once, uh, my era, like Mash is, Mash was a pretty profound influence. Hawkeye Pierce. Yeah, and that's like, of course I'm growing up in the '70s and it's in Vietnam. I had a, I mean, at home I've got a draft card, mm-hmm. so the uh, the draft for Vietnam was still in existence when I turned 18. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think I was going to Vietnam, but I knew I didn't want to go to the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was, you know, that was a thing like really on our radar screen for people my age. Um, and MASH was all about Vietnam. So that was really impactful. Um, and then, you know, actually at the time, with like at the last show, because this is what we did in the 80s, it was, you know, we had all our friends over and everybody had a big party to watch the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of the, all the teacher friends of mine. Uh, so that's, I, I'll watch MASH reruns. Like other stuff I won't watch, I'll watch MASH reruns. Yeah. That, that one I can remember, you know, my grandfather and my parents used to watch it all the time. So mm-hmm. I would see them, they'd watch the reruns of that. And uh, now, isn't isn't uh, the actor that played Klinger? Isn't he from Toledo? Doesn't he is. He, doesn't he have yeah. like a hot Jamie dog? Jamie Farr. Place? Yeah, yeah, hot dog, hot dogs uh, down in Toledo, and that's still there, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he had. There's a thing I, and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase, not quote, but um, there was a Alan Alda's dad, Robert Alda, was an actor, and so he had his dad on, I think, a couple times on the show, um, and there was an episode where. Uh, Robert Alda was on, and he played an older doctor from the States. And this happened a lot in MASH. Guys from the States would come through, and then they'd, you know, they'd come out to the MASH unit, this forward unit, and, and help out. So this guy's supposed to be some storied surgeon, and he comes out, and they get this call like they always do. The helicopters are there, so they got wounded coming mm-hmm. in. So they all jump in, and they're all, they're all uh, you know, they're all helping. And all of a sudden, this doctor disappears. So, so Hawkeye um, is livid. He goes back to the swamp, their tent, and is yelling. He's like, where have you been? He's just, like, throwing stuff around. And the guy's sitting there, and he's uh, consumed a fair amount of alcohol. He's like, what are you doing? You're drunk. We needed you in the operating And he's just he's, he's hot, mad at him. And Robert Alda says... Uh, and this has stuck with me since I was young, and now that I'm not young anymore, uh, he said, when you get older, you get feet of clay. And so what he was saying was, you're a 30-something young know-it-all surgeon. You can look fear in the eye and, like, handle it. And he said, that's not where I am anymore. So when he saw those kids come in, he saw what they had been through. He had all the self-doubt that comes with age. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so that, like, that one's always stuck with me. Like, I know, you, I get where you are in that arc of life, but he's, he said, we're not all like that the entire time. And his warning to the young guy was, you too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, you're going to get there someday, buddy. Don't be too critical of, uh, of those, you know, people that aren't in the same spot you, you are. So, uh, yeah, good, a lot of good lessons came off that. I obviously didn't forget that one. Yeah, I, I, think, I think television in, in general used to be more about mm. stuff like where you learn, you learn things from the stories mm-hmm. that were being portrayed out. I don't, know, I don't know if necessarily it's like that anymore when I, when I watch anything. You know, yeah, there was good writing, and it was really meaningful, yeah. and it was like conversation yeah. afterward. Yeah, they were all, like the yeah. the producers and the writers were mm-hmm. almost intentional in yeah. in the story they were telling and you taking something from it. Oh, for sure. You know, for I mean, and and, and with with me, like I see it a lot too with with kids television programming, mm-hmm. right? Like they're they're teaching life lessons through the story that the characters are, are sure. playing out. You know, was um was something so. Okay, so you're uh, a big MASH guy. Uh, that, that iconic scene with, at the end with the helicopters uh, flying yeah. away. Very iconic, yeah. Yeah. All right, so next one is, what's your number one hobby that you're involved in right now? I have so many things. Ho- hobbies barely. I, I get bored easily because I'm interested in everything. Um. Hobby-wise, I, I don't I mean I love to read. I love to read. I love to read. Anybody that knows me knows I read everything, every place I go. Um, I don't have any, you know, I don't collect anything. Um, I mean, my, I, I'm always doing something. Uh, if it's not reading, um, it's probably outside either in the pool, on my bike, stomping around the woods. Um, it has to do with somehow with movement. Um, I, I, like I, again, I don't, I, I don't have great fondness for doing anything that's tedious. Um, so that kind of stuff doesn't interest me. Um, you know, when my wife and I, like, she'll go do her thing and she likes to quilt. And then she usually knows I'm going to be out on the bike or I'm going to be uh, reading. Um, and when I say reading, like, it, I have oddly. Uh, so I started lifeguarding in 1974. That was my summer gig, and I did that till 1989. I became a lifeguard supervisor at Kensington Park, which is nearby. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Great part of my life. But there's a lot of days when you're lifeguarding when it rains. So I started reading, 1975, I picked up a book, and for some reason at the end of that summer, I wrote down all the books I'd read. So that was the summer of Jaws, and I read Mark Twain and some other stuff. Um, And since 1975, I've kept track of every book I've read. So I have uh, legal pads full, and now spreadsheets. um, So I have reading goals so i'm just like in the nerd way i like to read as much as possible sometimes it's fiction um sometimes it's for work uh i don't know what i'm gonna do after i retire because a lot of the stuff that i do applies to to education Mm -hmm. um but i love reading history uh so um you know as far you know those are the kind of things that for me i kind of i kind of geek out on um 
Yeah. With uh, with with reading and that that's something that I think, like me you know, listening you know to somebody that's been as successful as you like i've started to notice that when i do more of that mm. i have more things i can take now i'm somebody that if i sit down and try to read a book i'm gonna fall asleep uh. so i found i found audiobooks oh awesome you know, you know to be the thing that that helps me but the more the more i read the the better the better i get so and i was somebody that like i didn't i didn't, you told me to read a book in, mm. in high school like I'm trying to find the spark notes to sure. get the sure. yeah <laughs> to get the things and all that but I mean it's you know it, proof is is here you know you started all all those years ago and the the vast amount of knowledge and experience that you've gained through not only life but through reading um is something that you know I think is is worth noting you know, do you have you have uh, any books that you've read recently that you'd recommend so I uh, so like you, I listen to books on, on actually their MP3 now, uh, mm-hmm. to and from work. I have a half hour commute. Mm-hmm. So I'm always listening to something all the time. Um, I, I've, you know, I, fiction is huge for me, but like I said, every other book is, is something, uh, noteworthy. So in the, in the world of leadership, um, I love John Maxwell. So, uh, anything John Maxwell wrote, I probably read or I quote. Uh, he's an amazing um, author. Um, other than that, like I love history, and that for me, what I found for me is like for my whole. This sounds weird, but my whole existence is stories. So in my head, you know, and like in our soul consciousness, our life is a story, and it's this is my story, and that's Wit's story, and it's your story, and we're mm-hmm. all writing it every day. Yeah. Um, that's what I loved about, I just l- luckily got to teach English, which is about stories. And I majored in history, which is about stories. And so the way I see the world is, is just a story. And so um, that's when I get into reading, when I, and I listen to podcasts all the time. Like when I'm working out, when I'm at the gym every morning, I'm listening to a different podcast. So... And they're not about education. They might be about politics. Might be about science. Might be about psychology. I love the like psychology. Anything I can like lapping up on psychology and how does our brain work and how do we think and how does how does that whole thing work? So I've found all those things cross. Like this is a fun part of how the brain works. Like how do I how do I take what I learned in coaching and apply that to the classroom or apply that to my personal life or my relationship with people? Mm-hmm. It's it's all one big, um, you know, conglomeration of stuff. Unfortunately, like in school, we sort things into subjects, and that just like kills it because mm-hmm. things aren't like a silo of science, and math, English, and social studies. Yeah. And because in life, we're it, it's a, it's a sum total of everything. We're gonna go on a trip up north. We gotta use math. We gotta use geography. We gotta use all those skills. We gotta talk to people and find out where we're going. We gotta use interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's kind of to me how, um, you know, how things roll. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree with that. Like I'll be reading, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to a book from a, a, a business mm-hmm. guy. Um, Grant Cardone is, is yeah. one, if you ever checked out any of his stuff, you know, and he'll be talking about, you know, ways that, you know, people are changing their lives and changing their businesses and talking at it from a business standpoint. 
And then thinking that, like, how does that apply? I can take that and apply that to our, our strength program. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, how, you know. Don't you love when there. that connection, that fires yeah. in your head and you go, I can use that today. That that's that that just gets me Do juiced all the yeah. time, yeah. All the time, stuff stuff connects. You know, listening yeah. to you know a, a book from Jocko Willink on leadership strategy and tactics, and then taking that and applying that to how I you know interact with other people, or trying to trying to you know figure out better ways that I can I can interact with you know the other uh, coaches that I have to work with trying mm-hmm. to get more of them on, on board. How can I lead up the chain of command? Yeah. Talks yeah. About, yeah. Right? Like lead up for lead, sure. Lead up the chain of command. So these people might be higher than you in yes. the chain of command, but you want to get them on your side. So leading up to them. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy how the stuff that like you wouldn't think it connects, but you almost always can find some way that it, it connects into your, in your day to day in your life. So yeah. Awesome. It's, it's a, it's a giant web. For sure, it's a giant web. For sure, it, um, have you ever checked out um, David Goggins? I, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, military guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's somebody that I think you'll like. Mm-hmm. Um, not only from his, you know, he's a big runner, mm-hmm. um, but just discipline and uh, all kind of all kinds of stuff. You know, he he doesn't spare on any of the uh, foul language from time to time. <laughs> So be forewarned, <laughs> but he's great. He's great. So you, if you're looking for a good one, you talked about leading up. There's a book I read years ago. I was trying to figure out. I was all the years I'd been teaching, and I thought things needed to change in the in the building and situation I was in. And I came across a book called Throwing the Elephant, and it was that. But it was this concept of managing up. And mm-hmm. so when you said that's exactly what the phrase was. I thought there's I, I'm not in a traditional position of leadership, but I feel like I want to influence the place I'm working. And so, like, you know, to your point, I'm like, there are ways to do this. Okay, we can. We don't have to have. It's not all about positional leadership. I don't have to be a chairman of the board to do this thing. Um, so there's I think I think and that's you know I've I've used this with my kids forever and with teachers forever. Like wherever you happen to be, you can lead. So if you're waiting to get to that spot, you're never going to get there. No. <laughs> you got to lead where you are. Yeah, wait, waiting for it. Yeah. And I think that could be applied to all things in life, yeah. right? Like, and, you know, see what I said about the speed set questions? <laughs> they always spin off. Right? It can apply to anything, right? Like, if you, if you're, if you say that you want to be at this position, yeah. you, you want to be the principal of Dexter High School, mm-hmm. right? Right now, you're, you're working at Ypsilanti, you know, Lincoln as a, you know, elementary school teacher in their first year. If you wait to start leading until you, are, you're never going to get that yeah. job. Yeah. Right. You, you, you have to, you have to show and, and exhibit leadership credentials along the way and learn how to do those things in order to be successful at those other places that you want to be. You know, yeah. it doesn't, it, you don't just wait for somebody to slap a title on you before. And then it happens. Lead. There was a, a woman that was the principal at, um, Chelsea years ago, who's a good friend of mine. And when she first got the job, you know, we commiserated and she, she said, Kit, when do we get to do the, she literally says, when do we get to do the leadership stuff? And I said, well, this is the leadership stuff. So when you manage the administrivia of school, when you're figuring out the bell schedule, when you figure out what classes to offer, when you're dealing with problems with kids and teachers, how we do this 
is where we get to lead. That's where we get to demonstrate character and what it's like to be a good person and live a principle-based life. And it's not, it's not like we're waiting. It's not then. It's every, every minute. Yep. And that, I mean, that was one of those moments was for her, like, oh, like I, thought, I thought once I got all this done, then I could be a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so it was, uh, it, was, it was an interesting takeaway, but I think for, for everybody, like wherever mm-hmm. you happen to be, that's an opportunity to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Don't well, wait. It's not, not some, it's not a place to arrive, right? No. Whether you're a young professional, yeah. whether you're a, a student athlete that's a member of a team, a student in the classroom that, you know, the teacher's looking for mm-hmm. people to step up and, and participate and be involved. Like, you know, be that, be that person that, that kind of steps forward and, and helps bring others with you, right? Yeah. That's that, the whole that's, thing. That's what we're always looking for. Yeah. yeah. You like you said, every one of those spots. Yeah. I want to coach that kid. Um, one of the, you know, like you, Wade, I probably got a gazillion coaching stories, but mm-hmm. I, one of my, one of my last uh, meets out at Hudson Mills, uh, coach cross country and cross country is pretty straightforward. The fastest seven kids run because mm-hmm. you score seven, those are in the varsity race. So I got about 20 kids on the time and we're on the bus. We're on our way out to the meet and I start, I got whining going on in the bus. Well, I got, uh, you know, my tibia sore, my shin splints. I really don't know. Like, I don't, I and uh, we were going to run against a tough team. It was a jamboree in the SEC. And I knew that there was, like, some of my kids were not anxious about running. They were mm-hmm. afraid they were going to get beat bad. Mm-hmm. Um, in cross country, it's kind of obvious. Like, if there's yeah. somebody in front of you, they're in front of you, and you're behind them. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to keep score. Yeah. Um, it's pretty easy to figure it out. Um, time we get off the bus, I don't have seven kids. I've gone deep. I've gone to my eighth kid. I've gone to my ninth kid. And I can't get anybody. And I one a, a girl that I was carrying as a senior, who was never one of the fastest kids, but was a super kid. She gets off the bus, says, "Coach, she says, Coach, Miss Moran, I, like, I'll, I'll run." Uh, and Carolyn, I'm, I'm like, "Are you sure?" She said, "Yeah, I'm like, I'm fine. She's not the fastest kid on the team, not the slowest, but she said, she said that'll be fine." Um, and it was one of the bravest things and best. Like that moment, she rose in my estimation as a leader. Mm-hmm. Now she works in the national parks. She just she's doing great things in the world. Well, that moment, she's like, I'm gonna set aside my fear. I'm gonna have courage. I know he's looking for somebody to run, and I can't make anybody do it. Mm. And so when she stepped up, it was like this light came down on her from the sky. I will never. Clearly, I've told this is, I don't know, 20 years ago. <laughs> I didn't forget her courage and her total team concept. She knew she was not going to be the first kid, but yeah. she's like, he needs the seven people to run, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Okay. Somebody needs to do this for the betterment of yep. the group and not, and not hide hide in the back because they might not personally look as good or perform that, as well it. as what others are performing. With, that's exactly what it was. Like you can imagine the admiration I have for that kind of a, oh, yeah. a, a move. Right. Yeah. When they're, when they're going to step up and, 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 and it doesn't even, it, again, it doesn't matter. Like we've had kids in, in the powerlifting team that the, they're, it's not necessarily the kid that might put up the most amount of weight. Yeah. That is the leader. Yeah. 
right? Like, you know, Zach Bagley, we brought his name up earlier, yeah. right? He, he was a leader for us. Uh, and there were tons of kids that were around the same weight as him that lifted way more than him. Mm-hmm. But his attitude, his effort, how he did things, how he pulled other people along right. yeah. uh, is what made him a leader. That's and awesome. now he's taking those things and you know he's in the National Guard and he was a leader when he, they sent him to basic training. And he's done all these great things in his young life. Like, you know, yeah. The kid is you know, 19, 20 years old here. right? He's not... Uh, you know, he's not old by any I got shoes older than him. <laughs> right? I'm sure you do too. Right? Um, you know, but that, those things are what make people successful in life. Yeah. You know, no, to move, move up. We'll continue with the Iron Dread podcast after a brief word from our sponsors. This is Megan Ford at the Dexter High School Counseling Office, and you're listening to the Iron Dread podcast. You know, it's the month of May now. And with May brings warm weather. And for most, it brings grilling season. For yours truly, I'm grilling year round. But if you're looking for a quality pellet grill or smoker, look no further than Pit Boss Grills, the official outdoor cooking partner of the Iron Dread podcast. Pit Boss has all kinds of deals for this National Grilling Month, including $160 off the Pit Boss 700 Series. That's a steal. Now, you can visit irondreadpodcast.weebly.com slash pitboss-grills to receive all these Pit Boss discounts and support your iron dread podcast we've been working for this for a long time to get pit boss on board and we have them now this isn't just some sponsorship deal yours truly owns a pit boss pro series 1100 and i love i love the product and that's why i'm happy to endorse them here on the show also just recently purchased a pit boss portable grill for my camper so I'm going to have the quality of Pit Boss with me anywhere I go. The flavor is unmatched. Eight and one different things could be used on a Pit Boss grill. You can't beat it. It has replaced my smoker. It has replaced my barbecue grill, charcoal, and propane. And it's unmatched. So again, visit irondreadpodcast.weebly.com slash pitboss-grills and see what they got for you at pitboss.com, your official outdoor cooking partner of the Iron Dread Podcast. Hey, this is your tried fireman and coach Tim Sumlad. Every day is a gift. Make sure you unwrap it. You're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. All right. So now we, we, we went deep. We went deep on talking about leadership and all kinds of other stuff, right? This one's a little more light, lighthearted, um, but it's a heavily debated topic. Right? And it's centered around a food item that I enjoy very much. I'm actually planning on having a dozen oh. tonight. Okay. Right. And that is the chicken wing. Uh 
How are you ordering chicken wings if you order them, or if you order them at all? And what are you dipping them in? So I would, I am of all, like if anybody knows me at all, they know I'm never going to, I'm going to eat the chicken wing if I'm at B-dubs and that's what the gang's having. I'll have a couple and I'll, I'll dip them in ranch, by the way. Got to, I have a wimpy mouth, so nothing, nothing spicy. It's just, and, and I, I flip that. I don't call it a wimpy mouth. I think I have a highly sensitive palate. <laughs> I don't need spices. My mouth can taste those things without all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the fan, fanatically, kind of going back to, and this is this is a quick history, in in. Uh, Spring of 1983, one of the friends of mine that I teach with, she says, Kit, we're going to run this, I, I, we're going to run this race in June at the end of school. And it's a boy-girl run, male-female. So I got to have a partner. Would you run with me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, sure. So I've been coaching, and I'm like, I should be able to run. I'm a volleyball coach. I'm a basketball coach. I should be in some kind of shape. Um, I really wasn't, but I was young. So when you're young, you kind of pull stuff off. So, um, so I went out and did three training runs because that was about good. First one killed me. Second one was like, okay, can I do this? Oh, blisters, okay. Third training run, ran a five-mile race. June 1st, I mean, this, this, I call it my running anniversary because it literally changed my life. June 1st, uh, 1983. Uh, 82, take it back, 1982. And um, I ran... Uh, it was horrible, but we had fun, and something clicked in my head. I don't know what it was, and I went, oh, is there any more, there more races this summer? Found another race. Started training a little bit. Um, that evolved into, it's the 80s, like a marathon. People are running marathons. Well, I hadn't changed my diet a lot, but when I started training for a marathon in, in 1984, I thought, you're going to go to the trouble of running 20 to 30 miles. You're going to go on two- and three-hour runs. Eating hamburgers at Wendy's is not cutting it. <laughs> so nope. the shift in my head for this is fuel uh, sunk in, and uh, my, my, my nickname in high school was Pillsbury Doughboy. Because that's what I look like. Mm-hmm. Um, the weight fell off. I started eating right. Gave up pop. Gave up a whole bunch of. It was like overnight. Um, so donuts. I mean, I was just a horrible eater. I just put junk in my body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so circling back to chicken wings, uh, I I have learned, especially at my advanced age, like you got to cut back on the stuff because mm-hmm. you just got to be careful. But if if somebody. Uh, like if I'm at B-dubs, those aren't the best chicken wings in the world, but hey, that's fine. And we'll sit and have an adult beverage and a couple chicken wings and I'll dip a little bit in the ranch and, uh, and, uh, life will be good. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong. <laughs> you know, all of us have to scale it back eventually, right? <laughs> I mean, back in the day it was, you know, 40 or 50 of them and, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, you know, massive amounts of blue cheese. And now it's, you know, all right, I'll order, you know. A dozen. A, a dozen. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, when I was a kid, I would eat, I mean, there was a couple of days where I ate a dozen donuts a day in the summer. So that's mm-hmm. the, or, you know, a half a pizza with somebody else and like, uh, 
That's, that's this is not good. I know it well. It's uh, not good. I was the same way. <laughs> I was a kid that they were bringing in, and you know, a sophomore in high school had high blood pressure. Well, maybe oh. because I was eating corned beef hash for breakfast <laughs> six out of seven days of the week, and it wasn't like good stuff. It was out of the can. Oh you know? yeah, of course, so full of sodium. That's oh. which is great for blood pressure. Yeah, donuts. Yep. My, my grandfather used to get them. From, we had a cousin or something uh, that worked for the local Dunkin' Donuts. Right? And they can only keep the donuts on the shelf for oh. so long, right? So my grandfather's the king of getting something for nothing. <laughs> so he would go and then get like two or three dozen right, and bring them to me. And then I put them in the freezer. Oh, man. Take them out of the freezer. They go from frozen to delicious in about 60 seconds. <laughs> And you can't tell the difference, you know. It's like a fresh baked hot donut, you know. It's free. Oh. Yeah, no wonder, no wonder I got the three hundred pounds. So I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about there. <laughs> uh, from time to time, I, I, I still, I'll, I'll go up and down. Like I've been uh, down to like two thirty-five. Uh, I'm never probably going to be below two hundred. Uh, but I've gone up. Three hundred five was the ooh, heaviest when I was playing okay. college football. Yeah. So I know what you're talking yeah. about there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So when you're when you're being physically active, right? You mentioned right, you're you're a runner, uh, you're a swimmer. Those are yeah. your main your main kind of things that you're yeah. you're into uh, when you're training. Uh, do you listen to any sort of? You said you listen to podcasts. Tons, you, yeah. You know, in the Iron Drip program, we're big on music. Right? We really enjoy mm-hmm. music. We play a lot of different music. We have our theme days in the weight room, uh, depending on what day you come in. You know, depends yeah. on what you're going to hear. Um, but it, you know, if you had, you know, we have our guests pick a weight room song of the yeah. week that we put on and I play a little snippet at the end. Um, if you had to pick one song to add to our weight room song of the week playlist, cause we have a playlist on Spotify. Okay. Um, you know, what, what would you, what would you add to that? What, what's a song the kid's going to listen to when he's got to get fired up for a, a race or. So I do, I, I actually, I did before I got my last phone, I put a, a, a playlist together and got knocked out, but, um. And that's for biking. I, I would put there's a couple songs I'd put on coming back into town when I was tired. Mm-hmm. Um, Walk this way, Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a super song. Um, yeah. That's you know any Aerosmith like Aerosmith has has really really good jams. Um, I have Sirius Radio in the car, mm-hmm. and a lot, they've been playing. Um, uh, Van Halen a lot lately, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of good Van Halen stuff to get you pumped up for, yeah. um, you know, for for that like you said, you need a like you need a, a rush to get finished to get something going. Um, you know, we, we have that whenever we're doing an activity, it peaks and you're starting to, to sag. You're like, okay, mm-hmm. but I need something. Uh, I, I need something. So you know, that's kind of the go-to. For me, mm-hmm. Aerosmith and Van yeah. Halen. Yeah. Well, because we we lost Eddie Van Halen in the fall, right? It was it was this fall or last. Uh, might have been uh, in COVID time. Might have been last year. I think. Yeah. It, yeah I mean, my my uh, you know my brain gets scrambled because as you said, COVID time. Um, I don't know if it was last fall or if it was the year before. Let's see. When did he die? October 6, 2020. 2020. So, yeah. So okay. it was the. It was last fall. It was last fall. Yeah. He, he passed Eddie Van Halen. 
Um, but yeah, hey, Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, I think, is still making music. <laughs> still making music. Yeah, I don't know how some of those guys are alive, and he's one of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, him, him, the guys from the Rolling Stones. Yeah, like, yeah Mick oh, Jagger and those guys. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. Yeah, the, lives, the lives they lived, how, yeah. how they are still still going uh it's crazy but yeah all right well we'll add we'll add aerosmith's walk this way awesome. I, know, I know that one is not on our playlist oh uh we'll put that one on there uh as just, just the pick. opening uh the opening guitar riffs is oh, all you, you can't need. go wrong <laughs> well and then they you know they you think about it too right aerosmith um you know they were the first ones to kind of do that crossover thing with the, with the up and coming hip hop. Like hip hop yes. was big, yeah. Right. So when when Aerosmith and Run DMC came together yes, and remixed it. that yes. work this way, like that was huge. It's perfect too. Yeah. yeah. I mean it, it's it it flows together so nicely, and and I think a lot of people when they think of Walk This Way, they they think like, hey, they it's it's the version with Run DMC. Ah. All right. Like they've made 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 multiple. Um, have you uh, have you ever been to Disney World and been on that? Uh, rock and roll roller coaster no uh-uh you heard, you've heard of it no so at, at, at disney world in the mgm studios okay. section there they have a, a it's called the rock and roll roller coaster featuring aerosmith oh wow so i mean you you might have to make the trip <laughs> right because you come you come in there and you're you're in line and like you know disney's always a big thing like the line is part of the experience okay. yeah. right so they'll bring people in groups like into this room and it's like you're in a you're looking through a window at a recording studio. Oh, all right. And here comes here comes Steven Tyler and all the guys from Merrill Smith and they're saying, Oh, you know, they're talking about all kinds of stuff. Oh, we got a gig on the other side of town. You know, we wanna bring all our friends. Right? And you're watching all this. Right? And you're the you're one of the friends, right? Sure. Uh, we wanna bring all our friends to this gig. Uh, we're gonna pull the car up outside. So you go walking through the line, right, and it comes out and you're in like a set up like an alley. And the roller coaster train is oh, a limo. Oh, no kidding. And awesome. You get in this thing, and it, you know, you, it like pulls up to like a stoplight type thing. And it's like you're sitting at a stoplight. And then you hear like Steven Tyler in the ear like, hey, if we're going to make it to this gig in time, on time, we got to go. Oh, no. And it, <laughs> right, it takes off from a dead stop. <laughs> right, and you're going. And the whole time, you, you're hearing... You know, Aerosmith songs or other rock songs in your ear, and you're upside down, you're all over. Oh. You know, you'll see like a road sign that's, you know, hard, hard left turn, right? <laughs> you know, or a bumpy road. Like, oh, geez. Flipping all over. And you get to the end, and you go back through it, and you're like, ah, oh, we made it. All right, let's rock. You're going to go in there, and it, it's, it's really I've cool. never heard of that. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, what a riot. It, it's really cool, if you're, especially if you're a fan of Aerosmith rock and roll. Oh. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a cool experience. That's so, fun. Yeah, you might have to put that on the retirement that is trip fun. list. Yeah, well, there's traveling on the retirement list, that's for sure. There you go. There you go. You can't go, can't go oh, wrong there. That sounds fun. So, all right. So we were adding Aerosmith's Walk This Way to the list. <laughs> So let's, uh, you know, I'd say we're jumping around here, yeah. uh, all the kinds of different things. I'd say uh, I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna pull a, a question out of our, our pod decks okay. deck here. Now this this one is uh, this is random. We've talked about pod decks before. I'm still trying to work out the uh, pod deck sponsorship. Uh, if you're listening out there, pod decks, use your product. I love it. Uh, I actually got Pit Boss Grills on board. Oh, I did. I talked okay. about it enough. It filled bad. out a thing, and now Pit Boss Grills is on board. All right, it can save you a hundred dollars on a Pit Boss purchase. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, so uh, coming out of a Poddex interview deck, okay. uh, this one, oh, this one could be fun. Okay. Right. If you had a personal mascot, what would it be? Ooh. Besides the chicken. That's not a spirit animal. No, it's not a spirit animal. Personal mascot. So, uh, I'm thinking of animals. So... I know what mine would be. Huh. Uh, mine would be a Sasquatch. Either. Well, I we anybody that knows you with knows <laughs> that that would be your that would be your mascot. Um, gosh, I don't know. Um, like I, I think like always my favorite. When I think of like when I think of a mascot, I think of an animal. That's just where my head goes. Um, and I, I love, I love being outside. I love the detachment of being an eagle. So there's something like, you know, lions are ferocious and like, I love that. I love the speed of cats, mm -hmm. but the concept of an eagle where you can be, you are up above everything. You like the world is your kingdom. Like I, I there's something about that. There's, I don't think it's an accident that that's the, the national bird of the United States. Mm -hmm. Like, there's something uh, about the regalness of that. Is that a mascot for me? Eh, eh, that doesn't necessarily describe me, but uh, I've always kind of been attracted to that. Yeah, just the, the, the majestic bird, yeah. you know, yeah. larger, you know, larger than life, bird yeah. of prey. Right, um, you know, overlooking the entire area and can pinpoint the the smallest yeah little thing and go and take it out. Yeah, it that's is, an amazing thing. Yeah, it is. It is cool, and everybody pays attention to them too. Like yeah. when you when you see one, like there's oh you oh wow you know, oh wow the, yeah you know. yeah no, it's, I, I love it. Okay. All right. So uh, let's see. A anything interesting that people might not know about Kit Moran? Um, well, it's, so it's, I think anybody and, and probably, I think the older you are, the more this applies, but I think, you know, we're kind of all a sum total of everything we've done, but when we bump into each other's lives, no, we don't really know what that is. Mm -hmm. So you said you're from New York. I could spend hours just asking you, I'm not from New York. I'm from Berkeley, Michigan, 45 minutes Northeast of here. But I, I love finding out about people's stories. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just, it's interesting that, like, I will tell people that, did you know that I taught 25 years at a Lincoln Schools? And people mm -hmm. go, well, like, what? I, haven't you always been here? No. But we don't know that because we, we, we our, our, our lives crisscross, our paths cross, mm -hmm. and all we know is, is what we know about that person at that time. Yeah. And so have they always, like, have you always been a principal? No, but it feels like I've been a principal a long time, but I was a teacher longer. Wow, yeah. that's, a, that's a long time to do a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, have, have you always run? You know, I can't run anymore because I've got, got a fake hip and I've got knees that are not good, but, um, but I do everything else. So have you always done that? Well, 
I mean, by this age, I've done it for 40 years yeah, plus. For a long time. For a long time. Always, but not always. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I think things that people, uh, people be surprised. Um, I don't know. If they know me well enough, they know that I can be serious and philosophical. Um, I can make anybody cry usually at the drop of a hat because I have the dad ability to ask questions and mm -hmm. I think people understand that that for me comes from a place of sincerity mm -hmm. um, so that that like I can get people to get serious mm -hmm. uh, at the same time uh, I just said to somebody yesterday I'm like I don't know when like when do you grow up when when is that thing so um, and, and and whether that's having fun um, like getting the for me, jumping on my bike after school like I did yesterday, mm -hmm. that's just playing. Mm -hmm. So it's like you're 12, and you grab, you jump on your bike, and you go ride. Mm -hmm. And I'm 66. I jump on my bike, and I go, I go play. And that's fun. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's interesting that I think when, like, there's probably tons of things people don't know about me, just like we don't know about each other. Mm -hmm. But I, I, my, my point of all that is, like, be aware that we don't know that. We know you in this aspect. It might mm -hmm. be at work. It might be I see you at the gym every day. Mm -hmm. um, got some new friends at the gym this year, at the, at the pool. I, I swim two or three times a week. Just talked to Doug this morning and loaned me a piece of equipment. And I'm like, I, Doug's from New York City. I'm just getting to know Doug. It's very interesting. Um, I'm getting to know a little bit about him. Mm -hmm. So uh, every day I find out a little bit more about him, and that's just to me – very interesting that we start painting this picture um, and trying to not judge that picture of who he is until I can fill it in. I don't want to judge it at all, but like, who is he? Oh, he's from here. Oh, he works for a pharmaceutical company. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So those, to me, uh, there's just so much for us to know about, about each other and learn about each other. Um, and then, and of course, podcast is set up, so I'm doing a, a lot of talking. My preference is to listen. Mm -hmm. um yeah well that's that's where we learn the most right and that's one of the things where like i try when we do this like i try to like feed the question out yeah. lay out right and then talk you know add maybe if i have something that uh, in common and, and i mean for us i mean you talk about getting to know know people like this is probably you know to record this show this is probably the longest consecutive time you and i have sat down oh yeah talk. Yeah, and it's uh, awesome. Yeah, and yeah. It, and, that, and that was one of the things I was looking forward to, and that's one of the, kind of why I started this. Like, we started the podcast to promote the strength program, yeah. and then I couldn't talk about strength and conditioning stuff every week. And I said, I'm more, I'm more than that, so I want to start talking about other things. Yeah. And then I want to start bringing in people that have been, you know, that have a good story because everybody's got a story. Mm -hmm. Everybody's so got a story. What can, what can, you know? I look at it like if if the kids that are sitting in in this classroom. Or sitting in, you know, or in that weight room, can they listen to the podcast and take something good from mm -hmm. it? Or anybody, mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I, I like bringing people on. And you learn more about about people, and you, you find out. You know, for me, I find out what I have in common. Other people that you know, they might only know you as Kit Moran, principal at Dexter High yeah. School. Boom, that's it. That's it. You know, the guy, the guy that is up there at graduation. Yes, um, yes you know, shuffling those kids across yeah. the stage. All right, the guy that's got to make the you know the tough calls you know in a building and, and deal with all this stuff, but now like they listen to something like this, and they see you know 
you know, kind of a little bit more about, about somebody. And I think that's entertaining to me, mm-hmm. uh, even if it's somebody I don't know. Well, but that's so that the concept that people are multidimensional is important for it's important for people to know in our job in education. It's really important mm-hmm. that that kid that comes to our classroom is not Johnny student. Mm-hmm. He's Johnny brother, son, athlete, uh, and then all the other emotional stuff that comes mm-hmm. with that. So when he's coming in there, let's not be quick to go, well, how come you didn't get your homework done? Because you don't know, and like we've all said now during COVID, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. And so just because we met him, oh, I, I see him every day in my class. I, I know, but you see Johnny's student every day. Yeah. Have you, you know, like, like you said, when you're taking tickets someplace else, did you see Johnny pole vaulter? Mm-hmm. And then did you see Johnny in Target with his grandpa helping his grandpa? Like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. Well, let's understand we all do have a story. Let's cut each other some slack and then... You know, just be interested in in uh, in other people, and in our job, be interested in your kids' lives mm-hmm. and in your colleagues' lives, and then it's a better place to just come every day. It's a better place to to hang out. We yeah. get to do a little school here while we're here, yeah. but we start coming to this place because of what's here and the people that are here. We don't really care about the brick and mortar. But we care about the people that are here. Yeah, the, the the good schools are not the are not the the most lavish buildings and all these things. The, it's the, yeah. the people that are involved in the day to day, from staff to kids. And hundred percent. And when you do that, when you do that stuff, and you take the time to learn that stuff about your kids, we it all it you know we we've talked about it, relationships earlier. Mm-hmm. It just goes back to that, mm-hmm. right? If I walk up to a kid and and you know kids will do it, we do it sometimes, right? You get like you know. Stereoty- stereotypes, right? right? Like for me, I'll, I'm the the big, loud, you know, strength and conditioning guy, football guy. <laughs> I, I don't, you know, I don't care about, you know, a kid in, you know, the the drama. Cl- These are the stereotypes yeah. that right. often put him in a box. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't care about drama club right. or. Um, you know, video games mm-hmm. or anything like that that these kids might be into, you know, but if they take the time and they come around and you start to build that connection, like we, we've had more kids uh, come in and be involved in the Iron Dread program um, that are not athletes at all. Mm-hmm. They're actually all members of the drama club. And one, one girl joined our powerlifting team and is involved in both. And through word of mouth, ah. I, 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 t- I told her the other day, I said, you might be the number one recruiter <laughs> for kids into this program in the last two months. Wow. And we had you know, four or five kids come in, and they're not, they're not on any of our sports teams. They're just coming in to work out. They want to come in and train because their friend said that it was something that, that she enjoyed and had a, it went really well. How crazy is that? Want to come, want to come in and be involved. Kids that you who would never, never that's expect so awesome. to see in the weight room, and they're in there lifting weights, and they're learning, and they're having fun, and that's just because we built the relationship and we we showed that we cared. Well, the 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 mix, you know, what's fun about about the Iron Dread program, what's fun about all of those things for us for school is the mind body connection. Mm-hmm. So it's not one or the other. Nope. So it's um, you know, strong mind, strong body. And yep. you can't you can't just have one period. It just nope. neither one is healthy. Um, and we know medically and scientifically and psychologically they're connected. Um, like we you know, we know that. Like the science tells us those things are interconnected. 
So when kids are doing active things with their body, um, when they're healthier, and then that has a positive impact on their life, has a positive impact in the classroom. But unfortunately, like we're set up for the things to be distinct, and they're really just not. Nope. They're really not. Nope. You, you talked about it before. We're, we're all mixtures of, of all these different things that make up who we are. It's not just separate things. And it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know? With us, when, when, when a new coach comes in and they want to know, like, you know, what our, what our strength program can do for their, their athletes, tell them to make them stronger, uh, less injury prone, more mm-hmm. durable. For sure. And more confident individual. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things that when a coach asks me or when I'm trying to get a coach to buy into our program, that's what our strength program can do for us. And you probably could even go in order more confident less injury prone stronger individual mm-hmm. right? it, yeah you you could you could rank them in every any way you want but that confidence piece i think is one of the biggest ones right like we're, we don't have kids up there that are you know squatting world records yeah. right and it's not about that like we're coming in we're, we're making ourselves better we're decreasing our chances of injury and ultimately, we're building confidence because mm-hmm. all of a sudden, when a kid does something that they never thought they could do before, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the best. You know, oh, I can't, I can't squat, squat that bar, right? And they're looking at all these crazy different bars we have. I don't know what that is. I can't use that. How much does that weigh? Then all of a sudden, you know, over time, they come back and they, you know, destroy anything they previously did. You know, double it. Yeah. You know, and they're just it, it makes them more confident. And well, my, I think that's what happens. Uh, you don't know, but uh, so I started started running in '82, and then in '88, I had made a new friend, and he's a he's a he was a bodybuilder, but he was a strength trainer. Mm-hmm. Now moved out to California about a year and a half ago, but forever he lived in Ann Arbor, and so I started working out with Jeff, and uh, so Jeff taught us everything about strength training. We were in his basement at first, and then we moved to his garage, and mm-hmm. um, uh, but what I loved was that it was the basis for a lot of different people. So a lot of people would come in the gym. It became a family atmosphere, but they were all doing different things. So there was runners. Um, I became a triathlete. So, you know, Jeff and I would work on specific things. But, the you know, when you talk about confidence, like when I would come in, when we would come in and and quickly in – strength training you go from one level to the next uh and it's measurable mm-hmm. um and then i saw it in my i saw it in my everyday life um to the extent that so uh monday and friday were strength training days for me this week i set a schedule up every week for my workouts mm-hmm. this week is monday friday i rotate you know upper body lower body i'm still using the stuff that jeff taught me starting in 1988 like the the you know all of the proper ways i because you have to think about the proper way to do all those things Mm -hmm. but for me it uh what's funny when you said confidence like it's when you get older it's real world confidence like last night my wife says we got to move this chair in the house Mm -hmm. uh she said are you sure you can do it i'm like yeah this is why i that's why I do what, what I, I train do. for. Yes, what I train for is so I can pick this up and I don't have to call some kid in the neighborhood. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, we'll be careful. Like we do all that stuff, right? Your yeah. little you, you, injuries get are are tougher to get to get over. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but uh, I, you know, I think that's the the confidence and the confidence the kids have seen from the Iron Dread program. It's 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 crazy. It's fun to have that story about the kid uh, spreading the word in drama. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a special story. Yeah. Hey, and now right like. I'm I'm gonna make it a point to make sure that I'm at the Tarzan performance yeah, coming for sure. up uh, to to give that back. Like, okay, yeah. you committed yeah. you committed yeah, to me. The, that's the total community effort right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna make and I and I've gone to some of our other things before, yeah. even before we had kids involved. You know, I've gone to some of those stuff because again, I want to be a part yeah. of the community. Right, I want to be embedded into this, and what I do is a piece of this whole big big this thing that is the Dexter thing. School community. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, we're gonna go and, and get back to them now. Let's now listen. I, I made I made an assumption. I thought you were just a, a a swimmer and bike guy. I didn't know you were you know still banging and clanging on the iron there. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah see so so um so what I learned then uh, was and I I was not up until 1988. Jeff and we start work. My wife yeah. had started strength training. Yep. She's like, we gotta come. Well, and I, I met Jeff through school. We kind of had mutual friends. Um, and it was actually the time my mom had passed away suddenly. And so I'm like, okay, I need to – what happened? I had this – I had already been running, but I knew that I did not have good genes mm-hmm. in my family. So I'm like, I got to take this up a notch. Uh, that's 88. In 90, I did my first Ironman triathlon, so I took it up a big notch. Mm-hmm. Um, so – and, and literally, Jeff was like, hey, Kit, I know you run, bike, and swim. You're missing a component. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's, well, you need to, you need to strength train. I'm like, well, what? I, I'm, I'm spending a whole bunch of time doing this. Well, it was, first it was a duh, because when we started strength training, the impact on my other sports was immediate, immediate. Um, and then... I knew smartly enough that it was going to, it was going to keep me safe. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to not, I, I wasn't going to hurt my, my hamstrings. I was going to like, Jeff taught me a whole bunch of things uh, just about, uh, you know, the kinesiology. Um, Cause he was very much an educator as we, and he literally a month difference in age mm-hmm. um, and he's ripped and I wasn't. So I was like, okay, if he can do this, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the extent that, uh, and then we quit lifting with him quite a while ago, um, but kept in touch. Um, but it's always been, I mean, there is not a week goes by that I am not in the, the, uh, in the weight room at the gym, mm-hmm. at least one day. Usually it's two, sometimes it's three, because I swim. Um, I take two days a month off of training. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I train every day, bike, swim. Uh, orienteer, my other thing to do, um, strength training. But my, it's interesting. So my wife's got a knee replacement coming in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And I had hip, new hip in 2014. So I trained for my hip replacement. Yep. So like, you know, my wife's like, what are you doing? I said, this is the race. My race is August of 2014. I have to, tr- I'm going to train like it's a competition I'm going to do everything possible. So as soon as that race starts, they get that new hip in there. Then, because I know it's going to be hard to move, I know all those things are going to happen. I said, I got to be ready. I got to make sure all the muscles on my entire body, everything's balanced, everything's strong. Uh, To the extent that I come home, 
from uh, the hospital, and I'm, you know, I, the nurse came or the PT came in. We did some stuff. I'm laying on the floor. You know, I'd done some stretches, and so my wife's going, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I can lay on the floor." She says, "Yeah." I said, "So if I get up off the floor, I have to push up off the floor." She's like, "You do push-ups?" I said, "Well, I can." Mm-hmm. So she goes, like, well, what do you get? I said, I'm going to do whatever I can do because I said, I've got to live, like I've said, strong mind, strong body. I said, mm-hmm. I got I to gotta keep connected to the, the strength of my body and then how that impacts my head. I, right now, it's inextricably linked because mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been doing this so long. I just yeah. don't know. There's like not another way to do it. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta keep it. You gotta keep it going. It's just part yeah. of who you are. Yeah, it's yeah. part of your your weekly routine that keeps you focused and keeps you where you want to be and keeps you healthy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the health and this is the, like, it because you start seeing it when you people my age that are not healthy. Yeah. Um. I go to class reunions. Our class is tight from high school, and people have really faded. Mm-hmm. Um. And so those guys that thirty years ago were kind of, you know, they were they were hanging on to their thirties. Life was good. Um. And they're they're not paying attention to their to their health, um, and it's you know again it's not rocket science, but it's just uh, moving, it's staying active, and it's doing the right things. Um, and then you know the science says your muscles, you know after you're forty you lose muscle mass, mm-hmm. so you got to eat less and move more. What? That, whose deal was that? Sorry, <laughs> that's the way the body works. Yep. So I have to wait. I have to do more working out, and I have to eat half as much pizza. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, then, you know, having, having the tons of energy, I mean, I literally pop up every day and I got a ton of energy and it's a, and then, then you have just a great day. Every day is a great day. Yeah. Well, could you start off better? Yeah. You know, that, that's why I train in the mornings. It's, it's, you start off the day better. You start off the, you come in more awake. You're ready to, to do the things that you need to do for that day. You've taken care of yourself. Yes. First yes. and foremost. In Very the important. Key point. You know, yeah. And then, and then, then you go in and you attack your day. Yeah. And then when you're, when your work day is done, then, then you can go home and, you know, be with your family. Yep. You know, yeah. And that's something that I've, I've had to learn a little bit. Yeah. here because i would get home and leave <laughs> yes leave it leave at five in the morning to come and train here and then not get home until seven thirty, eight o'clock yeah. at night and you know and then my, my wife keeps warning me like look yeah we don't have kids yet but uh, eventually that's going to come and uh, you're going to need to be you, around yeah well you get there but you 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 this interesting thing about like is it selfish to take care of yourself so it's that like joke uh, about the airplane you know, when the, and they said, when the, when the masks come down, mm-hmm. put one on yourself before you put one on the kid. Mm-hmm. We, go, oh, well, we shouldn't take care of the kid first. If I can't do it, I'm no good. Yep. And that same way for me about my physical and mental health. Like, mm-hmm. I've got to be selfish enough to say this is important for me so I can be a better me. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't, you know, if you... I mean, you can be active and you can do tons of things, but if you don't take care of that that core mental and physical part of you, um, it doesn't go well. I mean, and it, it'll it'll impact your life no matter what, and it's going to be negative. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's uh, you, you're just eating wrong, whether you're not moving anymore, whether it affects your mental health, um, because well, I quit doing this, well, then I can't do this, and I mean, I. 
all my all the time my my wife will go well I, you know I, I couldn't get out I don't think I can go for a half hour I go can you get out and walk for five minutes mm-hmm. I mean anything but I said you, you keep like keep it moving but it is it is about like take care of yourself mm-hmm. so that you can take care of other people yeah that's for sure very very profound and like you're you're dropping tons of gems on this podcast and I really really hope. Uh, that all our listeners, you know, pick up on these things that you're talking about because it, it is, you know, I can go back and recite everything, but you've already listened to it to this point. So, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's great, and and this is this is why I had, wanted to have you on. I knew you have a good story, and and having a bunch of different things to talk about about your experience and how you're able to be as successful as you are, right? Where most people that have had the years in education that you have had, or even at your age, are already, you know, you know. Going, going the other way, mm-hmm. right? You've continued to to go for an extended period of time, forty two years in education, and that's a testament to you doing all these things um, to keep yourself right and your energy and the stuff that you have and what you've been able to do. So, you know, again, I, I have a ton of respect for you. I thank you for giving me an opportunity to work for you, and uh, you know, we're all sad to see you retire here at the end of the year. Uh, but we know that you probably won't be too far away. We'll, we'll, we'll probably we'll probably get you back to talk with us. Uh, uh, you had any? You know, you said you did some traveling. You know, kind of the last thing here before yeah. I, I let you go. Uh, you said you're going to travel in retirement. Uh, you had any big destinations planned or any? any we like traveling thing? overseas as soon as uh, we can get out of you know COVID lets us go again. Um, I mean, we've we've been to our last trip was to Scotland. Uh, so probably someplace in Europe is is on the list. We've been to some beautiful places in France and Italy. We haven't been to Spain yet, so uh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Um, but my my uh, retirement plan this July is to sit on my bike in my front porch. Yeah. <laughs> just relax. <laughs> yep. So we'll uh, just not think about school for a little bit. Yeah. Hey, and you've earned yeah. you've earned that right. Yeah. So. All right, Kit. Well, I thank you very much. Uh, Thanks, Brett. You know, do you? Do you have any professional uh, social media pages that if somebody, you know, listened to something you said and they want to follow you, keep up with you, do you have any sort of uh, social media that you use professionally? Yeah, so uh, Instagram, um, Dexter High School, I think it is. Um, And Twitter is at WCKM. That's William Christopher Kit Moran were my initials. Uh, my name is William Christopher and people call me Kit. So that was, and it's early, it's four letters for Twitter. Mm-hmm. So that's back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, those are pretty active. Yeah, for sure. All right. So if you heard something on the show from Kit and you, or you just want to let them know, uh, that you, uh, you enjoyed the show or you just want to, you know, you reach out to him and, uh, tell him, um, how much he's impacted you throughout uh, his time in education here, you know, hit him up on uh, any of his social media pages and i'm sure you'll you'll keep those into retirement right yeah absolutely the, the new principal can make her own <laughs> handles, make their own right <laughs> so again kit thank you again for uh for coming in and uh and talking with us and this was All a right. great episode thank you very much thanks Wet. there you have it folks Episode 62 with Mr. Kit Moran. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode. Remember to follow Kit on social media 
at Dexter High School on Instagram and at WCKM on Twitter. Let them know if you enjoyed the show. And, of course, give us a follow at Iron Dread Pod on all your favorite social media platforms. If you want to give us some feedback on the episode, let us know. Hit us up there. So we're going to take a pause for a brief word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with Kit's Choice for this week's Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week. The Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it up! Additional support for the Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you by Holiday's Restaurant, where every day is a celebration. Visit them at 2080 West Stadium Boulevard, Ann Arbor, Michigan, or at HolidaysRestaurant.com. Download their app and receive 10% off your first order when you download the app from the Apple or Google Play Store. Reinhardt Realtors and Associate Broker Tracy Rose. Give her a call at 734-726-5400 if you're interested in buying or selling a home. Ryan Mackey Photography of Dexter, Michigan. Find him online at Ryan Mackey Photography. Our local Ann Arbor Menards, 6405 Jackson Road, Ann Arbor, Michigan. Save big money at Menards. Bella's Transport Incorporated, 6435 North Territorial Road in Dexter, Michigan. A family-owned gravel hauling and trucking transport service since 2004. Give them a call at 313-433-4806. And last but not least, Eliza Scholes Photography. Documenting stories, milestones, and events through beautiful images. Now booking 2022 class senior photo sessions. Visit ElizaScholesPhotography.com or call 734-945-4968. This is Coach Jason Skeel, softball and powerlifting coach at Adrian High School. You're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Ah, yeah, this week's Weight Room Song of the Week presented, as always, by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, chosen by our special guest this week, Mr. Kit Moran. It is a classic hit that crossed not only uh, rock and roll, hit rock and roll, but actually crossed genres in a collaboration, never before collaboration between rock and roll and hip-hop with Run DMC, and that's Aerosmith and their hit, Walk This Way. 
Crank it up. There you have it, this week's Weight Room Song of the Week. And that, of course, Walk This Way by Aerosmith, chosen by Kip Moran. And you can find this song and every song on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Just go in the show notes and find the link. Or go on Spotify and search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Yes, the playlist is ever-growing, full of songs. And, you know, shout out to all those people out there that enjoy it and listen uh, to the playlist in addition to the podcast. Remember, you can also find a bunch of other playlists on Spotify from the show from previous episodes. The Notorious B.I.G. Tribute podcast with Rob Dubay, the Top 10 Wedding Songs podcast uh, and many more. There are a bunch of different playlists out there on Spotify with music from the show featured here in the show so support the music uh, by going and listen to the songs in their entirety on spotify so folks uh really that's all i have for you this week i hope you enjoyed this episode remember uh, i am at coach underscore whitaker at coach underscore whitaker 66 on social media you can follow the show at iron dread pod on all social media platforms please visit Iron Dread pod, Podcast dot Weebly dot com and check out our new website. And you know, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. I'm Chris Whitaker, signing off. <laughs>